welcome to episode 66 of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. In today's episode, we discuss Strike Force issues number two and three, Captain Marvel number 12, Miss Marvel number nine, and Fantastic Four Grand Design issues one and two. Hey guys, how you doing? I'm doing good. The house is all decorated for Christmas and the first batch of cookies is in progress. First batch of cookies. Are those ninja bread cookies? No, we're we're starting with the uh, the pinwheels. Excellent. And I saw the picture of your tree. I like its top hat. It's very oh, dapper. Thank you. My roommate's very jealous of it. I showed it to her. And she goes, why didn't we get a top hat for our tree? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to cookies because I will pay you to get those cookies to my stomach. <laughs> Somehow. Noted. Okay. Yeah, can, uh, you sh- can you ship them internationally at all? I have no idea. <laughs> you just have to pay a lot. I assume. In, like, shipping and taxes, I think. Yeah. And then they send yeah. customs, and then by the time you got them, they'd be stale. Well, they'd be birthday cookies for me, then. <laughs> so. When's your birthday again? In January. Yay, birthday cookies. Starting with the pinwheels. Let me know when you get to the ninja bread ones, because that'll be fun. Oh, I will. I've got plans this year. Oh, you didn't have plans last year because that was an elaborate Karnak gingerbread you did. It was, that was actually kind of spur of the moment. This oh. is the time I've, I've been planning. Excellent. If you want to see awesome gingerbread cookies and a gingerbread Karnak destroying a house, please visit Lynn's Twitter at this giant doom because it's amazing. <laughs> Even Gail Simone was on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in the news, what do we have? Let's see. Oh, well, first of all, it's our end-of-year giveaway. Inhuman merchandise is pretty rare, so we're putting together a blind box full of awesome, hard-to-find stuff. So if you want to enter, send us an email at show at com. Tell us your favorite Inhuman, and if you have an Inhuman collection, send us a picture. We don't want to send you something that you already have, and we're nosy. Or <laughs> you can... uh well, we'll have a tweet pinned with all the you know, requirements, and you can also respond to that at Adeline Rising One. Uh, one entry per person. We will ship internationally, and we will be drawing the winner on December 15th. So if you want free stuff, let us know. And what kind of free stuff? Can you kind of give us like a sample of oh, what could wind up in this? What, what could be in there? You might get a signed item. Uh, I have a variety of figurines. A whole bunch of weird stuff that you probably don't know exists. Excellent. So, leave it as a surprise, but it will be curated by myself. I don't think you'll be disappointed. It'll be awesome. What else is in the news currently? See, Disney Plus is up. So, watch our Twitter account again for a comprehensive list of all the Inhuman guest appearances. And I think the Inhuman show is on Disney Plus, isn't it? Yes, it is. If you want to. If you want to. Just completely ignore it. (laughs) <laughs> and watch all their guest appearances on the cartoons. Which yeah, is much better. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if we'll get Jeff Thorne's uh, Black Panther series up. <gasps> Ooh. That has humans in it. And that was really it good. Does. So, speaking of Disney+, Plus, what are you guys watching on Disney+, Plus? or, well, at least, Lynn, what are you watching on Disney+, Plus? because poor Adam doesn't have it yet. Poor Adam. Yeah, I think well, the... I was just about to say, I think it's because licensing issues in the UK... That's why they're not releasing it yet. That's sad. They're all licensed to different TV channels in the UK, and I guess, yeah, whatever. It's weird. What are you watching, Lynn? I'm watching The Mandalorian. 
This is not watch. I'm not watching the Mandalorian because I haven't gotten there yet. Um, actually, oh, I have it's to- fantastic, and you don't need to be a huge Star Wars geek to understand what's going on, which is, is nice. And if you're an Agents of Shield fan, I know Ming Na Wen is in it, who plays Agent May on uh, Agents of Shield, and I forget her her character is a villain, actually. I think so. If you're an Agents of Shield fan. You may want to check out The Mandalorian because Ming-Na Wen is a badass. Um, I'm watching the Spider-Woman cartoon from 1979, and I would like to know what the writers were smoking when they wrote it. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I need to watch this. It is off the wall, especially the first episode. But I'm going to tell you it's just off the wall bananas in the best way possible. I mean, it's definitely dated. Guys, it's from 1979, so it's dated. But uh, it's still really good fun. So I'm watching that. And I also watched, um, and I made the mistake of watching this because I wound up in tears, the the Pixar short Kit Bull. It was really good, but you will be bawling your eyes out. So I I wouldn't expect from anything that Pixar does. Yeah, this one, especially if you're an animal lover. Mm Mm-hmm. This one's really going to hit you. It's going to hit you. <laughs> watch it and weep, and then watch something fun and happy afterwards. Not that this one doesn't have a happy ending, because it does, but I guess without further ado, let's jump into comics, huh? All right. So, up first um, is Strike Force number two uh, by Teeny Howard, with art by uh, Herman Peralta, with the colorist. We have a different colorist this issue. Uh, Miroslav. I apologize for mispronouncing that. Letterer is VC's Joe Sabino. And then for the logo, we actually got credit on the logo this time around. It's Joe Bowen. So thanks for creating a badass uh, logo for our comic. Um, and the covers are by, uh, is by Andrea, Andrea Sorrentino. Um, and then they credited Dean White. So I guess he colored it. They didn't say. Uh, our last issue, issue one was a very big info dump. This issue is a little bit more uh, streamlined. Uh, we find our heroes in Las Vegas uh, entering uh, Satana Hellstrong nightclub, uh, the second circle. Great name. Um, Bucky uh, sums up the last issue by stating uh, that they found out uh, what was wrong with Damon, but uh, now someone has to explain to Satana why Damon is dead. In the elevator, they were like, well, it was an accident. And uh, Blade says that he doesn't do accidents. And he killed someone who looked like Damon Hellstrom, except that it was actually Damon Hellstrom. So, whoops. Uh, so our team meets up with Satana, who, despite the direness of the situation, wastes no time in offering everyone drinks and hitting on Angela. Um Blade wants to get right down to business, uh, much to Jessica's chagrin, chagrin because she wanted to do shots. Uh, and as Satana takes him through the nightclub, uh, we get a flashback of her meeting with Damon and how he's behaving abnormally. Um, currently, she has him in a spell under in her office. Um, in the office, uh, she warns everyone that Damon bites, hence her wrapped hand, which may come into play later. Uh, Angela slips up by mentioning the Verdi, um Blade scolds her as Angela picks up Satana and tosses her out of the office. The team uh, looks at Billy, who is promptly frustrated that everyone just expects him to fix everything. And uh, 
he states that he doesn't want to be here just as much as everyone else does. And Jess just stares at him until he realizes what he just said in a very funny moment. Um, while Billy does his thing and Angela watches on, uh, Monica, Bucky, Jess, and Blade scout the club for more of the Verdai. Um, after finding one Verdai, Monica makes herself one with the power grid of Las Vegas to find more, which is really cool. Um, Jessica and Blade are less successful, um, but they do see Monica traveling through the lights and give chase. Um, as they, uh, come, the two of them come across Satana, um, who looks like she got beaten by the Verdai and they free her and continue back to the office. Um, Billy successfully magic Damon body, uh, back to them while Angela is once more distracted by Satana and Q, uh, Jess and Blade walking in to, uh, a makeout session between Ange- Angela and this other Satana. But before Blade can go stabbing anyone, Bucky charges in, shoots the imposter, stating it was a lucky shot. Um, he just shot the one that didn't have a bandage on her hand. Um, the Verdai Damon uh, begins to decompose, show, or Damon begins to decompose, showing that his body was made up of a bunch of tiny flying little Verdai. Um, a fight ensues, and in the chaos, Count Ophidian's governess, Birgit, kidnaps Billy, stating that since they stole Damon from her, he will have a sorcerer in kind. The issue ends with Satana presumably resurrecting Damon Hellstrom, while the team heads to New York in search of Teddy and Billy's uh, apartment. I gave this uh, issue five out of five lock jaws. I didn't probably sum it up as nicely as I could have. Yeah, I really liked it. There are a lot of really great moments, and Teeny does a really great job of giving each character a moment to be a badass. Yeah, I just love, you know, one of the things with the uh, the name of the, the nightclub is it, <laughs> clever, because if you read Dante's Inferno, the second <laughs> circle of hell is where those who have committed the sin of lust go. <laughs> That's awesome. And then... um Satana's complaint about Damon's haircut, echoing what everyone complained about at the end of Strike Force number one. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny. Um, I like Bucky and Monica as a team, which I, I don't know, the two of them click really well together and they're fun. Angela getting easily distracted by Satana because Satana just knows things <laughs> about Angela, apparently. Um, that's a, Actually, really, um, people are on board with that ship. So we'll see if uh, Teeny revisits it again or if it was just a one-and-done thing. Um, when Billy is summoning uh, Damon back to uh, Satana's office, and he says, I have experience with hiding bodies, I think he's referencing how he hid Death's head under his mattress. Which was a great series. It was a great series. So if you didn't read Death's Head and you want some more Billy and Teddy, read Death's Head because it was really great. I'm really happy that Teeny did not forget that Jess has her pheromones and can use them. Um, I would say that probably that was my least favorite part of the Dennis Hopeless run is that he kind of just forgot she had those powers after like one issue. Like he used them in Spider-Verse and then never again in her two-year run. So um Teeny definitely uh, is leaning into that aspect of Jessica's powers. What I want to point out, and I don't know if you picked up on this too, Lynn, is that it seems like that while the Verdai can take on forms of people, it looks like, as though they can't access their memories, sort of like the Skrulls can. That, that's the impression I get. So They're not too good at being the, the person they are impersonating. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting to. Like They can hide and pose as that person, but they're not going to. And the other thing that seems... And it, 
and maybe this is me going back to that issue one, is how quickly they can, they'll be posing as a person and then how quickly they can replace that person themselves with the real person. Does that make sense? That's like, it's like really fast. Yeah. I think that's very interesting. So going into, uh, we'll just jump right into Strike Force number three, I guess. Let's do it. Okay. Um, same writer and artist, Teeny Howard and Jermaine Peralta. We once again have a new colorer, uh, Guru Effects, um, who I love. Um, we do have a two page flashback sequence that is drawn by Marco Rudy and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, letterer is, uh, VCs Joe Sabino with the logo creator of Joe, uh, Bowen. Um, and the cat, uh, cover art, there were several, um, covers. We had, uh, the cover is by Andrea, Andrea Sorrentino and Matt Wilson with the variant being, um, a version variant of that original color cover. And then we also had a cover by Declan Shelby, which was also excellent. Uh, and I have all three of them because I'm a loser. Okay. So this issue, uh, picks right up where the last issue left off. Billy, uh, we see Billy is a prisoner of the Verdai and he begs for a chance to convince them not to kill him, uh, but the Verdai don't want to. Instead, they bring out a strangely subdued Doctor Doom and Billy promptly freaks out. Um, we then cut to a flashback sequence, uh, which is beautiful, like I said earlier, which is beautifully drawn by Marco Rudy, um, that tells the story of Count Ophidian. Um, as a boy, he frequently wandered off despite having everything a boy could want. Uh, one night the guards hear a scream, but when they went, ran to investigate Birgit, Birgit, how do you say her name? Uh, the boy's governess said it was just a bad dream. Um, the story ends, uh, at Billy and Teddy's apartment, uh, in New York. And a now very much alive Damon Hellstrom wraps up the story by saying uh, the Count was never the same since. Angela is a bit skeptical as she has never heard the story before. Um, and Teddy is uh, bound and gagged on the coffee table as Angela is explaining to Teddy why he can't help. Um, Blade comes flying through the wall and uh, <laughs> asks them if the living room is the waiting room and tells them to help him. Uh, they dismatch the Verdai that is posing as Billy, um, but Teddy gets impatient and tired of waiting and takes on his uh, scrawl form, um, done with being nice. Um, Angela's got a lot of respect for Teddy and Billy Man and their relationship, and, you know, she tries to explain to them things, but then Blade uh, zaps Teddy into unconsciousness with a taser uh, before walking through the portal that Hellstrom uh, conjured up. Uh, the three of them are reunited in Indonesia with Jessica, Bucky, and Monica, who had spent the night before helping Monica track the Verdai. Hellstrom fills them in on the flashback and uh, questions Angela as to why she knows about the Verdai, but Thor and Loki don't. Angela gives a non-answer about being the oldest and knowing things that the younger two don't. Back at the Temple of the Three from the first issue, Billy is caged and running his mouth at Doctor Doom. Doom is still oddly quiet, uh, especially for who he is. Um, it takes a moment, but Billy figures out that it's not Doom at all, but a Doom bot. And that the Verdai don't know this. Um, Brigitte comes in to talk to Billy, stating that while they heard so much about Doom, they found him awfully easy to capture. And that Billy is here to wake him. Billy flaunts his status as the Demiurge and makes it clear that Doom will only answer to him. Uh, the rest of the team arrives, gun blazing, to save Billy, who is standing with the Verdai seemingly under their control. 
Bergie offers a challenge to Angela, uh, to which she finds hard to resist, much to Blade's dismay. While Bucky, Blade, Monica, and Damon fight the shock troops, Jessica heads over to Billy to snap him out of the mind control he must be under. Uh, turns out he was just faking it and admits to Jessica it's not really Doom, but a Doom bot. Uh, Count Ophidian hears this and goes after Billy and Jess, but Billy has the Doom bot choke Ophidian till his head pops off, much to everyone's shock. Um, Brigitte makes her escape from Angela and lives to fight another day. Bucky tells the other it's, others it's time to go, because uh, he laced the place with explosives. But Monica says no, there's still one big red eye left, and it's in the basement. After some inv- uh, investigation, they find the real Count Ophidian hidden behind the hall, within the walls. After initially uh, wanting to burn the Count with the rest, uh, Angela changes her mind and takes to the, him as their prisoner. The team leaves the temple, blowing it up as they go. All tapped out for the time being, neither Hellstrom or Billy can teleport the team out of there, and as they stumble through the woods, they come across an eerie-looking villa. And that's where the issue ends. Um, I gave this one four out of five lock jaws. I think it jumped around a little bit too much. I could understand why, but otherwise I really loved it. After reading this one, I feel like I'd need to do so much research. Because I know there must be some reference to that villa in an old Marvel horror comic. Do you think that, so? I just don't recognize where it's from. Do you really think so? Well, I wouldn't put it past Teeny because she's been making some deep references. Yeah. Like he's she's she's pulling things back from a long time ago. Yeah, and Monica's an engineer. I didn't know Monica was an engineer. I thought I knew all the engineer characters in Marvel. So did you so go back I to still, look at that? Is she I cannot like, I, I cannot find it where she got her engineering degree. I'm still looking. It would make sense for her to have an engineering degree, having to you know change into different forms of energy and stuff. Like, because I'm wondering if maybe she just, just kind of happened along the way after she got her powers, or maybe this is just a retcon. I don't mind. I or think hanging out with the Ultimates, you know. Yeah, I just I feel like that fits her though. So even if it was never expressly stated anywhere, I feel like Monica being an engineer fits her as a character. Not that I know much yeah. about her, but I think it works. I do. I like that idea. Um, Angela's such a romantic. Oh, uh, such a sweetheart. She is. As she Angela cracks me up. I love how Teeny writes Angela. I love how Teeny writes everyone, but and she, I love her Angela so much, and I would love her to write an Angela solo because that would be amazing. Um, you know, I, I haven't read a lot with Wiccan and Teddy, I and now I, I feel I have to go back and read everything with Wiccan and Teddy because he's just such a sweetie. Oh, I love, I love him. And I, I have the hardcover of Gillen's Young Avengers run here, and I just need to buckle down and read it because I know nothing about them. Yeah. I just, I loved him getting the giggles when he, uh, figured yeah, out it was a doombot. And they didn't know it. That's, <laughs> I think that's going to be, play a big part in future issues. Um, they're, they're just not that familiar with robots. No, no, they're not. I noticed that Jess was visibly absent from visiting Teddy. I mean, we, I know we realized later that they were, the three, her, Bucky, and Monica were trying to track those for die, but I can't help but think they were doing that just so that Jess didn't have to deal with being around Teddy the Skrull because she didn't like Skrulls and she probably would have killed him. I don't know. Jess has issues. So that's what I think that whole thing was. That's my headcanon for that, why she wasn't there and why they kept the three of them away um, while they took care of the one in 
Teddy's apartment. I would like to say that the coloring in this one was just fantastic. Oh my god, yes. I love I love Guru effects. Like his his coloring is spot on and I hope they like keep a color it's, it's like it's like the coloring for this series. It's a different color every issue. And I keep like I just I don't know, man. Stick with the color. Yeah, especially when they were like going through the that forest in Indonesia page. with the blur. That was fantastic. Yes, and then I love that splash page when they're jumping out of the train. Yep. That was awesome. I noticed that uh, Damon's got a new uh, character description on the opening page. He's trying out a new goatee. That's what he <laughs> and, you know, he's good. And he's a hero when he feels like it, which is hardly ever. He, like he, was, he, was, he was pretty chill about being uh, killed and resurrected. Yeah, yeah. And he found it. Well, he found his jacket in hell. Yeah. So, so you know. It, worked, it all worked out. It did work out. I mean, you know, it was his favorite jacket. Um, poor Jess seems to be the... Uh, person they're all ragging on about shit because she's like we don't even know each other's last names and i i can tell you right now jess was not being literal about it i don't think i mean she knows who bucky is she knows who monica is she knows damon because damon hits on her all the time and she can't stand him it was a figure of speech poor jess even if it wasn't i understand i mean i i forget the first and last names of my coworkers sometimes and i worked with them for like 20 years and then um the whole Billy and Teddy, like, being tapped out to teleport them out. So, in issue one, Blade had a teleporter. So, what happened to that teleporter? Was it a one-and-done thing? Like, it only had one teleportation in it, and now they need to have the other two take them places? That's me being nitpicky, though. What's this about Scarlet Witch and Doctor Doom getting married? Because I did not read House of M. Yeah, post-House of M, she, uh, she ends up in Latveria. And she and Dr. Doom, I don't think they ever got, actually got married, but they were like within minutes of getting married. Oh. And she was, she was in the dress and everything. And then they get interrupted by Wiccan showing up. Don't marry my mom. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, he didn't get, the, they almost got there. Almost. But it was sabotaged. Good job, yeah. kid. That would have been kind of terrifying couple, man. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I guess I gotta go back and read House of M. Um, so we need to figure out where they are in that Villa of Secrets. Unless it's something that Teenage Jess kind of popped in the middle of Indonesia for the sake of the story, which I also wouldn't put. But you never know. We'll find out next issue, I'm sure. It's a one-shot issue. Um, and apparently, like, Teenie's really excited about it on Twitter. She was tweeting that issue four is probably one of the best one-shot issues she's ever written. So make sure you pick it up. So, moving right along, let's do uh, Captain Marvel number 12 next, which, um, not a series we normally do, but we have very good reason why we're adding this to our uh, reviews on the podcast. So, uh, take us away. Captain Marvel number 12, The Last Avenger Part 1. Writer is Kelly Thompson. The artist is Lee Garbett. Colorist, Tamara Bondolin. Letterer, VCs Clayton Cowles and cover by Mark Brooks. This issue begins the Dark Captain Marvel arc. The story opens with Thor on ice duty at Avengers Mountain, when he's suddenly attacked by a mysterious woman in black and red. Once Thor summons Mjolnir and knocks her helmet off, he recognizes his teammate Captain Marvel. He's justifiably confused, and the fight continues, ranging all over the world. That is, until Carol blasts Mjolnir so far away that Thor can't summon it back in time to save himself. She dispatches him with one blast. Over the course of the fight, we hear Carol's inner monologue lamenting that there was no other way and asking us to trust and forgive her. The scene cuts to the ruins of New Arctalon on the gray area of the moon, 
where Carol presents Thor's severed head to Vox Supreme, who appears to be a combination of a Vox and the Supreme Intelligence. Vox Supreme is pleased with the offering, but reminds her that she only has 16 hours left to kill five more Avengers. I gave this one a five out of five lockjaws. It was so good. I was not, and I should have, because when you look at her initial costume design, it did look familiar to me, but I wasn't equating it with Vox. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a cross between a Vox and Dark Phoenix, because she has the same sort of sash. Well, Carol always has a sash. Yeah. I was not, I got to that last page and I went, holy shit. He's pretty scary looking with his little Supreme Intelligence tendrils. I mean, there wasn't a lot. It was just one, this whole issue was just one big action sequence and it was awesome. He ripped off Thor's head. Yeah. But Thor's getting a sequel uh, or his own solo. So clearly he's not really dead. So I don't know. Clearly something is up. Well, yeah. And people are all pissed off and like, writing this off and I go no it'll all be explained keep reading it's like the whole Hail Hydra Captain America thing all over again yeah I mean it's kind of there's kind of a hint already when she asks you to to trust her but like what what did he do to get her under his thumb that's what I need to know like does he have someone like hostage or Or is it like in the movie where the supreme intelligence can get in your head but of course this is why we're reviewing it it's a tie-in to death of the inhumans yeah, which I, th- I think that's kind of what irked me a little bit. I didn't, I, I just, I just wanted to forget Death of the Inhumans. Like that's, that's the only gripe I've got with it. But it's like they're uh, going down like, um, almost like see, a old man Logan of, sort of route. The Death of the Inhumans, I, I'm upset about it. But at the same time, I felt like if Donny Cates hadn't gotten distracted by other things and just rushed to wrap it up, it could have been so good because I thought Vox was such a great villain. And it doesn't seem like he's going away because we still have this galactic war going on where there's a civil war between the Kree. Right. And there are probably still Vox out there. It's just, is this going to tie into that? Like, I mean, I know it's an arc, but is it going to wind up tying, is she going to wind up having a tie? Well, obviously Carol's going to tie into that because if it's the Kree, Carol's in. Yeah, I think we're building up to some big cosmic storyline like Annihilation, or what comes after Annihilation. I think yeah. so, too. So they're but, setting up all the dominoes. Yeah, I'm I'm sad to see um, Carmen Carnero leave the series, but Lee is doing a fantastic job. And Tamara Von, Von Villain's like the best, one of the best colorists on the planet. So, yes. just I'm really excited to see where this, where this goes. That ending, like, totally got to me. Um, it looks like she's going after Iron Man maybe in the next issue. I couldn't tell. I know she's going after She-Hulk. Yeah, but I thought that was in the January issue. Yeah, it is. So I don't know who the next so th- one is. I think it's going to be Iron Man. But looking from future solicitations, looks like it doesn't go very well for Carol trying to kill these other these other Avengers. So stay tuned, guys, because we got to see where this box Supreme goes. And the I guess the question is, who who are the other five? Right. Well, She-Hulk's definitely one, mm. and I think Tony's definitely one. So I think Ghost Rider's been in the new Avengers run, so is it Ghost Rider? He might be pretty hard to kill. He's already dead. Because he's already dead. So then she's just set up to fail anyway, because she can't kill Ghost Rider. So uh, can you just bring back the Inhumans already? Because where are they being name-dropped? They're kind of name-dropped here. They've They're been name-dropped named- in Guardians and Lockjaws yep. in Guardians. Mm-hmm. Where else have they been name-dropped? Well, in uh, our next 
the next uh, issue we're going to review. They've been name-dropped in Ms. Marvel. Yep. So let's uh, go into Ms. Marvel then. Okay, so Magnificent Ms. Marvel, issue 9. Um, the writer was Saladin Ahmed. Artist was Mink Yu Young. Inker was Juan Velasco. Colorist is Ian Herring. A letterer is VC's Joe Caramagna. And uh, graphic designer, which seems to be a running theme at the moment in Marvel. Uh, they've got a lot more graphic designers. Is Carlos uh, Lau. Lau? I, I don't know how to pronounce that very well. So it's uh, it's been a work, been a little while since we reviewed issue eight, but hopefully it's still semi fresh in uh, in everyone's minds. Um, issue nine starts out with Kamala struggling with her schoolwork, like every other teenager. Um, Zoe mentions how about how she did badly in uh, uh, in a couple of tests after the events of the last two issues of the book. Um, so they take a break and get some samosas, which is the snack of the issue. Although I, I'll make an argument for bagels. Um, where the conversation turns to Kamala's dad, who is resting due to him being sick. Um, uh, this, at this point, Kamala gets a text from Tony Stark, who may have an idea about her dad, which is, which is great. Uh, Kamala's mum mentions that uh, he's now up and on his feet, and they're, that they're going to go shopping and and do kind of normal stuff for once. Um, when they hear a crash from the from another room, he's uh, fallen over, and they have to call nine one one immediately. Uh, which is where the, the the issue cuts to the hospital where Kamala and her brother are talking. It kind of gets quite deep. They, um, I think Kamala kind of reverts back to her faith a little bit more. Um, you kind of see that between the two of them. Um, Bruno turns up with bagels, second place snack of the issue. <laughs> um, uh, being the, because it's the only snack that he could afford, uh, they exit the hospital and chat. They, they have a nice, sweet heart to heart, uh, with Bruno asking how, how she really is and how she's doing. And they're rudely interrupted by, um, by our favorite Avenger and, uh, and Doctor Strange. Favorite Avenger being Iron Man, obviously. Uh, they discuss how the inhuman DNA in Abu's body, uh, suggesting that both her parents have latent inhuman DNA, by the way, um, and how it could potentially be removed. So uh, Iron Man ends up teasing Kamala as he leaves. Uh, Doctor Strange takes over as a surgeon and Kamala's family wants to make sure that he does everything to save uh, Kamala's dad. Suddenly some kind of situation develops from the other side of the hospital and uh, Miss Marvel jumps into action um, only to find Hyde, uh, which I think kind of last seen in Secret Warriors, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, which has some cool, really cool panels of Hyde trash in the hospital. I thought that was a really good uh, bit of artwork there. Uh, Kamala gives chase and sees Bruno. Uh, Bruno notes she's hurt, and but her family are safe. They share a moment. Bruno Aww. finally saying that he loves Kamala. They have Aww. a kiss. They, they share a kiss, and Kamala runs into the distant distance, giving chase to Hyde. Uh, I gave this one like four point five out of five lock jaws. I liked it, and I want samosas now because those are tasty. <laughs> I, I loved it. I, I like that Saladin has paid attention to Al Ewing's Royals run yeah. by yeah. calling out the fact that Inhumans are both science and magic, which kind of makes them stand out in yes. the different kinds of Marvel groups. But you don't really have a magic using Inhuman yet, do you? No, we don't. Like, you have them in, in the X-Men, mm-hmm. but you don't have a magic-wielding uh, Inhuman, which is I find very interesting. I, I huh. think that is a storyline for a new Inhumans comic. Yeah, get right. Hint, hint, Marvel. <clears throat> <clears throat> anyway. Uh, and uh, I, I've seen some complaints online that Marvel keeps bringing up the Terrigen Cloud. But, I, you know, I'd just like to 
point out who's writing this, the guy that won an Eisner for a series about Black Bolt, a series where Black Bolt faces up to all his past mistakes, which include the Terrigen Cloud. So this could be setting up an eventual confrontation between Kamala and Black Bolt. Which would be awesome. Yes. Oh, I want to see, I want to see, what was her name from Black Bolt? I can't remember. She had all the eyes. Blinky. Blinky. I want to see Kamala meet Blinky. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, Doctor Strange is in Surgeon Supreme mode, it seems. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yep. I'm excited. I, I kind of hope that Kamala does not lose her dad. We will have to see. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of good because it means that Kamala doesn't need to have that kind of Uncle Ben moment. No, exactly. And I, I don't, I don't think she needs to. She, she's already, she doesn't have to have that, I don't think, because she's already who she is. And I don't think she needs to have an, uh, Uncle Ben moment to cement her result. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's already where she's at. She doesn't need that. So I really hope that he doesn't die. Kamala and Bruno, I'm kind of on the fence about because I love them as friends. But at the same time, they've been building it since issue like one with G. Willow Wilson. I feel like, I don't know. What do you guys think? It was, it was good. I didn't mind it. Yeah. I'm it on was the, sweet. It was sweet. I'm still on the fence. But again, the okay, person the that you're, you're with when you're 16 is probably not the person you end up with when you're a grown up. So right. relax. She's 16. Right. And it's a book. So fictional character doesn't matter if you want to write to marvel and let them know how much you love miss marvel and you should you actually want to write them at mheroes at marvel.com and mark it okay to print letters pages are amazing guys mheroes at marvel.com and that's for any of the books uh, we reviewed today um whether it's uh, strike force or captain marvel or miss marvel mheroes at marvel.com mark okay to print tell them you love the series and you want more Yep. Yeah, we want to keep it going. Yes, please. And then um, we have one more to review. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Fantastic Four Grand Design, Fe- featuring yeah. the uh, featuring the biggest cameo, Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was yeah. I have to admit, I, I always like it when like local landmarks to me get called out. So That's- for any for anybody who doesn't know, Stonehenge is like five miles away from me. Great. Oh, that must be fun in the summer when it's tourist season. It's fun all year round when you've got the one road that road goes next to it and everybody slows down and all you want to do <laughs> is get a McDonald's. <laughs> it is the most ridiculous place to put a road. I was about to say it's the most ridiculous place to put a load of stones, but I think they've been there <laughs> for 3,000 years, so <laughs> yeah. They've I think they were there before the the road was at least at least two thousand years before, or maybe it was just a path and that road they just said, oh, there's a path here we're just gonna pave over and two cars can go yeah it it's uh it's definitely fun, it's definitely fun at the solstices, oh because they boy. uh yeah, that's um if you ever get the chance, definitely go, but all right then, but yeah, that it featured in grand design, I can't remember which page they were just uh it was just there. So what is Grand Design? Because okay. I admit I didn't read it because I'm a slacker. So it's by writer, artist, and letterer Tom Scioli. And uh, I gave it a five out of five lock jaws. We're not going to do a summary for it because it is a summary. 
yeah. of decades of but Fantastic you, Four comics. I think what I really liked about it is basically the history of the Fantastic Four is literally the history of Marvel Comics. Like, so yeah, many things is. got introduced in Fantastic Four that that were just, you know, that you just saw here. It's almost its own history of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the X-Men Grand Design, I haven't actually read that one yet. I keep meaning to pick it up, but there's two issues now, uh, two volumes of it now. Yeah. But I don't think it was anywhere near as widely, uh, kind of widely focused as this one. Yes, and if you're you're looking for your Inhumans fix while we wait for them to show up again, pick up a copy because they are featured throughout the whole thing. Again, Inhumans made their debut in the Fantastic Four comic. Yep. And it made it, this series really highlights how just bonkers the Fantastic Four comics are. If you went into this without ever having read a Fantastic Four comic, you'd probably be kind of confused because it goes fast. I mean, how, how many issues is this going to be? Two. It's No, that's it. It's literally just two. Okay. I think Didn't they need that. to do more volumes like uh, the X-Men ones. Yeah, but I mean... we had the first one, then second Genesis, and then I think there's an Extinction one. Yeah, I, I think those, as uh, individual issues, they were fairly regular sized, whereas these two issues were like triple Huge. the size of a normal normal book. So, I mean, th- th- this, is a, this is a volume in itself, so... <laughs> And triple the number of panels on a page. Yes, yeah. I mean that. Like, I, I, I usually a, a normal book would take me what, like five, ten minutes to read, depending on how much content there is. I was really still reading this like issue one after like thirty-five, forty minutes, and I wasn't even three quarters of the way through at that point. How much did it cost? It is good, and it's you know kind of um, his kind of sassy paraphrasing of the original dialogue and some of the yeah. like, recreations of the actual Kirby panels, even like the Kirby collages. I think that's what oh, I liked wow. most was the actual, was the actual, like the, the text, the, um, you know, the actual writing of it. It was, it was very, really easy to read, but it was also, like I said, it's quite sassy. It's quite good. I like that. I, I, I did love, um, Johnny and Crystal screaming, your friends suck at each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I really, one I did. Of the many fights between Fantastic Four and Inhumans. Yeah, and it, it literally was a summary. It wasn't like, like it had the Black Panther introduction as well, and it was just like it was, um, it was just so funny. It was just like and basically, some, uh... I think it was where T'Challa beats his uncle in a fight, and his uncle's like, "Well done, T'Challa. well done, um, nephew," and is is he's like, "Thank you, uncle," and that's literally <laughs> the end of it. That's like it's like what. <laughs> Is that it? Is that really what happened? Well, I, th- I think there was some, also some creative license, especially when the uh, Wakandans formed Voltron. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. If it did, I need to find that story, but I'm, I'm pretty fairly certain there there is no Wakandan Voltron. <laughs> uh, and then there was um, uh, the Atlantean, uh, the, a lot of the Atlantean stuff, Namor. Uh, was featured quite heavily as well, at least up until like page thirty odd, which I read up to of issue one. So <laughs> <laughs> they just threw him back in the sea to see if he would swim. <laughs> great. Who can swim better, Namor or Triton? I'd I'd probably say Namor because he's tra- literally he's a fish man. But yeah, but 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 Namor's literally a part of Homo Manus. You never know. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe yeah maybe. Either or. It's the same. They are I best can't... friends. 
I always like that bit from the the old comics that the the two were buddies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that and, makes sense. And we did get a, quite a bit of Triton in this. Got to see his big damn hero moment. I think in the uh, second issue when he goes to rescue Reed. Poor Triton. Okay, He's issue supposed. one costs six ninety nine. Issue two is five ninety nine. Oh, that's not bad. Especially not for the sheer volume you get. Yeah. Uh, I think it's about 50 pages in issue one, probably similar in issue two. All right. So, yeah. uh, Collected edition will be coming out soon, I think in January. Oh, then I'll pick it up then. That is a must buy. I really need to get it. C2E2 because I need to figure out what things I'm putting on this plane to have signed, and it's going to be a much limited number of comics. So I, I've got other announcements yet. I've got a twenty kilogram bag I can bring. It's great. So, <laughs> although I've got to remember a twenty kilogram bag also to take home as well. So, yeah. yes, treasury size edition available January twenty twenty. Ooh, it's getting a treasury edition. Like, uh, so is History of the Marvel Universe. So that's awesome. I tell you, talk about um, uh, decent editions. The the Silver Surfer Black. It's got like I a need really. To get that. I heard that's excellent. It's got a really, it really nice, um, like cover. It's got a really nice paperback cover. Yes. So I need and to. And it's a fantastic series, and the art is just jaw dropping. Yeah. So I, I think in in I don't know if it's already out yet. I don't I, I don't think it is. I think it comes out sort of Christmas Day ish because it really yeah, yeah it's released, not there were just on Wednesday. like. People got early copies who are showing pictures of it. Yeah, bastards. Oh, crap. We have none, none of my comic shops not going to be open on Christmas Day. Are they going to sell everything on Tuesday or Thursday? What do you do when New Comic Book Day is a holiday? Uh-oh. <laughs> I, 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 I think in the UK it doesn't really matter because there's... I, I don't know what... A lot of eBay stores kind of go closed for majority of christmas they just focus on their brick and mortar hmm interesting yeah and also in january coming out is the black bolt hardcover oh, oh finally I'm so getting that it was meant to come out in october wasn't it? i was gonna get it for my friends for christmas that didn't if happen any, yeah that if, if yeah i need that as a hardcover for sure that's gonna be beautiful yep so it's gonna be one of the oversized I'm surprised they didn't do a hardcover for it earlier i know well it, it was meant to it come out Eisner. it was come meant on. to come out earlier uh, like, like i think it was like august, late august september time it was meant to come out originally but and yeah but it, the book came out how many years ago uh finished last year did it i yeah. swear it was seems longer than that no it started in 2017 finished 2018 but i think it's one of those books where it had a lot of uh trade um a lot of people buy in trade I, I don't know whether I want to replay. I don't know if uh, Miss Marvel's had a second uh, hardcover come out yet because I bought the first one, which had like everything up to Secret Wars. Yeah, she said a couple hardcovers, but then there's the regular hardcovers, and then there's the omnibus. Oh, I've got the omnibus. Yeah, and I've got the. There's only one omnibus out. Right oh, now. that sucks. I need to uh, find my first uh, volume of Saga. I let somebody borrow it, and uh, forget who. Oh no. So. It's the hardcover one. I have volume two and three. I need volume one. So That's I can such have a pretty book. I, I love those. I, I image, I, I'm not even kidding. Image do the best hardcovers. They like, do. And like, did you see the hardcover of Monstrous? I picked that up oh. at YCC. 
and it's like the first three volumes, and I was like, don't mind if I do. Well, I so got, I'm gonna start. Um, I have them all in, in paperback, but now I'm sitting here going, I guess Monstrous is the other series I'm going to collect in hardcover now. I think. Yeah, I, I have it. It is absolutely gorgeous and so heavy. It is heavy. It thinks a weapon. So I've got like, um, seven, seven bastards. Then did it in cover. the living room with the hardcover copy of Monster. <laughs> Sorry. But Adam. I'm trying to think what else I've got in hardcover. Might have to check that. But Image do the best hardcovers. Like, there's, there's, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm not, I can't argue with that at all because I, I also have, um, like I said, Young Avengers in hardcover and I'm just like, mm, my, my image ones are prettier. Yeah, I think it's that I think as bad as it sounds, Marvel haven't changed up their manufacturing methods um, since they started it, and and that kind of bugs me because they do sag after a while, particularly the mm. omnibuses. Um, but Image, I haven't had any issues with, and the binding is is really nice. All right, guys. Well, I guess that ends our uh, episode today. And uh, remember, the show at AdelanRising dot com. Tell us your favorite Inhuman and a picture of your Inhumans collection if you have one, because we want to see it, because we're nosy. And you can, if you don't want to email us, please uh, tweet us at AdelanRising1 on Twitter. Um, write Marvel and Heroes at Marvel.com. Let them know how much you love uh, Kamala and how much you want another uh, Inhuman series. Write Marvel, tell me you want more Inhumans, and hopefully maybe we will get one. Until next time. Bye. Bye.